What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and it is time for Mock Draft 2.0 for the 2022 NFL Draft, and that is less than a week away at this point. It is rapidly, rapidly approaching. We're going to see if we can maybe get one more Mock Draft in under the gun, maybe try to figure out something a little different for you visually this time around or next time around, I should say. This time, we're going to keep the visuals the same as they were in Mock Draft 1.0, which released a little while back. Now, if you'll remember, with Mock Draft 1.0, the gimmick was I was not allowed to trade picks in that Mock Draft. Mock Draft 2.0, we are allowing draft pick trades. So, Spoilers, there will be some draft pick trades that take place in this mock. And further spoilers, you're certainly not going to like all of them. That is uh, almost inevitable. And I've certainly found that out doing the mock drafts last year. I had a lot of people that like did not like the trades. The real point of the matter is... You're not going to like everything that comes out of this or probably any other mock draft. If you agree with 100% of everything, then I guess you're in the brains of the person that's doing the actual mock. So I certainly expect some disagreement. Disagreement is healthy. Let me know what you don't like in the comment section below. But without further ado, let's get kicked off here on Mock Draft 2.0. And just as a reminder too, in Mock Draft 1.0, I talked a lot about the individual players. I'm going to do less of that in 2.0. It's all about the way the first round is going to change. The landscape of the first round is going to change. If you're interested in hearing more in-depth what I think about individual prospects, I do welcome you to go back and listen to Mock Draft 1.0, where I really did talk more in-depth about the prospects that did go in that Mock Draft. However, here we go, Mock Draft 2.0, starting right at the top, the first overall pick belonging to the Jacksonville Jaguars, until it doesn't. Ding, ding, ding. We have a trade to announce, and people are immediately going to get mad. The Jacksonville Jaguars in this Mock Draft are going to trade out of the first overall pick. There are rumblings about it happening. It's not likely to happen, but in this mock draft, we are gonna set the NFL world on fire by trading out of the first overall pick for Jacksonville. Jacksonville ain't one player away from being a good team. Jacksonville is a lot of assets away from being a good football team, and they're gonna be able to get some of those assets with what they're going to be able to bring back for the first overall pick. They are trading the first overall pick to the Seattle Seahawks and Pete Carroll, so long as Pete Carroll is still there. Seattle is going to jump up from number nine all the way up to the number one overall pick for a very specific reason. Seattle is going to be sending picks number nine, 40, 72, as well as the higher of Seattle's two 2023 first round picks. Remember, they have their own and they have Denver's from the Russell Wilson trade. Small caveat here, I'm going to top 10 protect both of those first round picks. So what that means is if the two picks are outside of the top 10, let's say they have like 11 and 13, then uh, they're going to send pick number 11. If they have, say, number eight 
and number 13. Well, number eight's gonna be top 10 protected. They're gonna send pick number 13. If both of the picks are in the top 10, let's say they have three overall and eight, it's gonna to revert to the lower of those picks. So I'm not gonna completely punish Seattle here by forcing them if they have two top 10 picks to send potentially the third, second, or even first overall pick in next year's draft in order to make this move. So I am gonna to top 10 protect both of those potential first round picks. So once again, Jacksonville sends number one to Seattle for number nine, number 40, number 72, and the higher of Seattle's two 2023 first round picks with top 10 protection. Get it, got it good. And since you understood, the Seahawks are on the clock and they are finally going to address in a very meaningful way what felt like the problem on their team for the last decade. If you remember from Mock Draft 1.0, I had the Seahawks grab Charles Cross from Mississippi State, but in trading up to the first overall pick, we're going to keep that energy. The Seattle Seahawks are going to draft Evan Neal, offensive tackle from Alabama, guy that I think is head and shoulders the best offensive lineman in this entire draft. Seattle's not going to play this game anymore. They're going to move up to number one, and they're going to grab the best offensive lineman in the whole draft. Seattle grabs Evan Neal first overall. Detroit's up next at number two. From 1.0, I had them take Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon, but obviously in 1.0, Aiden Hutchinson was not available for the Detroit Lions because he goes first overall to Jacksonville. However, he is available here. Lions are going to keep the same energy, stay at the same position group, but they're going to jump all over Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher from Michigan at number two overall. I think they're going to feel very fortunate for something like that to happen, but you're going to see that team jump up for the offensive lineman that's going to drop Aiden Hutchinson and genuinely I think Aiden Hutchinson is the best prospect in this draft however I, he's not a slam dunk he's not the slam dunk number one overall pick and by the way we saw Jacksonville trade at a number one we're going to hear them make a little more noise a little bit later however they felt good enough about that to trade out of the first overall pick that drops Aiden Hutchinson right into the lap of the Detroit Lions at number two overall. They're going to be happy to scoop him up. The number three overall pick belongs to the Houston Texans until it doesn't. Ding, ding, ding. We have another trade to announce. Two trades in the top three picks. Again, this draft is on fire. The Houston Texans and the New York Giants are going to pull a little first round top five deal here. And this is how I see this going down. The Houston Texans are going to be targeting an offensive tackle. The best offensive tackle left in this draft is Iki Aquonu. Houston is going to pick up the phone, call the New York Giants, who they know also have a top five pick, who are also looking at a coveted offensive lineman, who also know that Iki Aquonu is the best offensive lineman that's not named Evan Neal in this draft class. Houston's going to pick up the phone and say, we're going to take Aquonu unless you want him, and if you want him, make me an offer. And that is exactly what the New York Giants are going to do. Giants are going to jump from five to three. Houston's going to fall back from three to five. And in doing so, the Texans are going to pick up the 67th overall pick, the 147th overall pick, and a third round pick 
in next year's draft 2023 because same deal for the Houston Texans like Jacksonville they're not one player away from all of a sudden being a good team Houston needs good players and they need a large volume of good players coming out of the draft so there is no reason for the Houston Texans to not drop down a couple of spots here and you'll see why as we go on no good reason for Houston not to drop down a couple of spots bring in some more draft equity it's exactly what they're franchise needs. Now that we have the Giants sitting at the third overall pick, obviously no surprise here. Iki Akwonu, offensive tackle from NC State, is going to go to the New York Giants at three overall. I had him going to them at five overall in 1.0, but once again, we're not screwing around here. Houston picks up the phone, says we're going to take him unless you want him. The Giants want him. They make the deal. They move up. They get Iki Akwonu at three overall. Number four is the New York Jets. They're going to stay put where they are. And if you'll remember in 1.0, did have a little bit of a gimmick here because you did have Evan Neal still on the board here in 1.0. I had the Jets take Evan Neal at fourth overall because the player that I have them taking here in 2.0, I felt comfortable enough to let him slide only because the teams between the Jets picks, which are fourth overall and 10th overall, the teams in between aren't really looking for that player's position group, or it's not their number one priority. So they had to feel in the construct of 1.0, like they could let him slip down to 10th overall. That's what we did last time. No such luck this time. Trades can happen. You never know what can happen if you don't take the guy that you absolutely want to take. And for the New York Jets, that is Sauce Gardner. So I have the Jets at fourth overall, taking Ahmad Gardner, cornerback from Cincinnati, uh, the best DB, I think in the entire draft class, maybe number two, maybe second best DB in the draft class, certainly the best corner in this draft class. Sauce Gardner goes to the Jets at number four. Now, by virtue of that second trade, we have the Houston Texans up now at pick number five, when normally they would be at pick number three. Of course, they swung that deal with the Giants. Once again, Houston's looking for best player available. Now, they could have taken Kyle Hamilton at number three, which is what I had them do in 1.0. But there's genuinely no reason at all, unless you are dead sure that the Jets are going to take a safety at four, which I don't think anybody thinks the Jets are going to take a safety at four. So there's no reason to not make that phone call to the New York Giants, take advantage of a little bit of, you know, a little bit of panic, I guess, on them when you see a big move and you see the position group that you're looking at, which for the Giants was offensive tackle, you see them go off the board right away. One pick, boom, a tackle is gone. It shifts everybody up and all of a sudden you're not in position to get that guy that you want. There's no good reason for Houston to not take advantage of that. So at pick number five, they're still going to get Kyle Hamilton's safety out of Notre Dame. That's the player that I think they really want. That's the player that I think their defense really needs and you might as well take advantage of somebody else panicking. Speaking of panicking, that was an ambulance or the police are coming to get me because of these mock trades. So now we're at pick number six, the Carolina Panthers. And in this spot, they're right there to get the quarterback that I think they're looking at, which is Kenny Pickett quarterback out of Pittsburgh. However, ding, ding, ding. We have our third mock trade of the draft. 
the Jacksonville Jaguars. Remember them? Remember when I said they were going to do something else? We hadn't heard the last of Jacksonville. Well, we haven't. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the Carolina Panthers swing a deal here for the number six overall pick. Jacksonville, who had traded down from one to nine. And if you got mad at that, I totally understand because you're like, oh my God, they're not going to take Hutchinson and they're trading down far enough that they're probably going to miss those best edge rushers. Well, not really. That's why we have the Jags trading back up in the first round from nine, which they got from, uh, which they got from Seattle up to the sixth overall pick. Jacksonville can afford to do it with some of the assets that they just pulled in Jacksonville trading the number nine overall pick number 70 overall, which is expendable because they just picked up number 72 in that trade with Seattle, as well as a third round pick in next year's draft. That moves them from nine to six. Carolina can move down from six to nine, feeling fairly confident that they're not going to lose the guy that they want. So once again, that was Carolina trading six to Jacksonville for nine, 70, and a 2023 third round pick. That puts Jacksonville on the clock at number six overall, where I have them grabbing Trayvon Walker, edge rusher from Georgia, who I'm having kind of leapfrog Kayvon Thibodeau in this conversation. I think, I mean, a lot of people are talking about Trayvon Walker still going first overall. So I'm going to have him leapfrog Kayvon in this discussion. Trayvon Walker from Georgia going to Jacksonville at pick number six. How's everybody doing? Are the necks broken yet from all these trades? We've got three trades. We're only through six picks in the first round. Crazy. We're back to the New York Giants now at pick number seven overall. And they're basically, we're keeping the same energy that we had from 1.0. In 1.0, I had them take Trayvon Walker in this spot. Trayvon goes right in front of them. No reason for the Giants not to grab Kayvon Thibodeau, edge rusher from Oregon, in this spot at number seven. Still fills one of their primary positional needs. That makes their whole defense better, getting somebody on the edge like that. Kayvon Thibodeau goes to the Giants at seven. Number eight, we've got the Atlanta Falcons. No change here for the Falcons. I'm sticking with Jermaine Johnson, the second edge rusher from Florida State. People are talking about them going quarterback, maybe interior offensive linemen. I've heard wide receiver conversations here. Atlanta's defense needs to get better. It needs to get better. I think the offense, you're going to give Mariota sort of a chance here with that Falcons offense, see what they're able to do. I just don't think the offensive side of things should be a priority over the defense. I like Jermaine Johnson in this spot. He goes to Atlanta at eight. Now we've got the Carolina Panthers up at nine after that trade with Jacksonville trading down three spots. They're still going to get Kenny Pickett quarterback from Pittsburgh, whether it's the right move or not in the context of this draft, it's either him or an offensive tackle, maybe Charles Cross, but I think they're just going to go ahead. They're so quarterback hungry. Grab Kenny Pickett here as the first quarterback off the board, this time going nine overall to the Carolina Panthers. Now we've got the Jets up here at 10. So like I mentioned, in 1.0, this is where I had them take Sauce Gardner because I felt comfortable letting Sauce slide down the top 10. Obviously, we didn't do that this time. We had them take Sauce Gardner number four. And I think the Jets' priorities have kind of shifted here a little bit. I'm going to change up the position group because, again, I had them go offensive tackle for their other pick in 1.0. That was taking Evan Neal at four. 
I'm going to move away from that. I'm actually going to have them grab a wide receiver here. And this is, of course, assuming they don't get Debo Samuel. If the Jets make a trade for Debo Samuel, I think that blows this pick completely out of the water. I don't think they focus on wide receiver here. But in the absence of that happening, at least not yet, we're going to have them grab the wide receiver. We're going to have them grab Garrett Wilson, wide receiver from Ohio State. I think he's the best wide receiver prospect in this draft. So the Jets kind of shifting gears a little bit, focusing on the offense here with the second pick. Garrett Wilson goes to the Jets at 10. A lot of the same old, same old for the next couple of picks. But before we get to that, now that we're through our first 10 picks, we're going to run our first ad break of the show. And I just want to take an opportunity before I do that to shout out my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. Ladies and gentlemen, nerdtees.ca is where you need to go in order to find dozens and dozens of incredible loose leaf tea blends and accessories all kinds of great stuff on nerdtees.ca. And you're going to want to use my promo code when you go there, which is BWFINEST. That is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks, which is excellent value. And if you're one of my listeners in the United States, you're also going to get a great conversion rate on the US dollar. Today's blend is toffee apple, and it just smells like the most delicious piece of apple pie that you have ever had in your life. My kitchen smells incredible right now, just off of one cup of tea. And look, dozens and dozens of great blends just like that one, great accessories, everything that you need to become a sommelier, if you will, of loose leaf teas. You can find that at nerdteas.ca. Use my promo code BWFINEST. It's going to save you your 15%, get your free shipping in Canada, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtease.ca. We'll run an ad, and we'll be right back. So like I said here, we're going to fire through uh, some of the next picks because there's no changes from 1.0. Uh, at number 11, we've got the Washington Commanders. In 1.0, I had them take Derek Stingley, cornerback from LSU. That's what I'm going to do here again in 2.0. I think he's the best prospect available for them that most directly impacts their needs. I guess maybe you could look at corner like it's kind of fallen to a bit of a, maybe a secondary need for them. But man, their secondary looked awful at points last year. So we're going to stick with Stingley at 11. Number 12 from Minnesota, George Karlaftis, edge rusher from Purdue. That's who I took in 1.0. That's who I'm going to grab here again in 2.0. I think he's the best edge rusher left on the board. Or as my good friend Gio knows called him, Giorgio Karlaftis. And that might just be his canon name from now on. You got the Houston Texans back up here at number 13 by virtue of the Deshaun Watson trade. We're going to have them stick with best player available. And in this spot where I did have them take Trevor Penning in 1.0, I'm going to have them grab Charles Cross because he is still available in 2.0. Charles Cross, offensive tackle from Mississippi State, improve that offensive line, give Davis Mills an opportunity to succeed back there. Charles Cross goes to Houston at 13. And at 14, the Baltimore Ravens, no change here either, both in 1.0 and 2.0. I've got the Ravens grabbing Jordan Davis, interior defensive lineman from Georgia. I still think that's Baltimore's biggest need. He's going to fall right to them at 14, match made in heaven. 
So 11, 12, 13, and 14, really no change whatsoever. There's one name that's different, but we're sticking with the same position groups. Where we really change is the 15th overall pick, currently held by the Philadelphia Eagles, except... Ding, ding, ding. We have trade number four of the first half of the first round in this mock draft. We ain't over. It ain't done yet. Fourth trade that we have so far, which finds the state of Pennsylvania doing some business with each other. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers swinging a deal here involving picks number 15 and 20. So the Steelers going to trade up from 20 to 15, sending picks number 84 and a fourth round pick in 2023 over to the Philadelphia Eagles. So Philly drops back down from 15 to 20 in the first round. I don't expect people to love that trade because obviously of how much the Eagles have already moved around in the first round. So I don't expect people to love that deal. But I think they're going to be able to take advantage of Pittsburgh here with the fact that, look, the quarterback that they want slash need slash the next best quarterback available is still there for Pittsburgh. And in this context, I have them jumping up and pulling the trigger, not letting the team that would be picking next take this quarterback. They're going to jump ahead of that team. Pittsburgh jumps up to the 15th overall pick and take Malik Willis quarterback from Liberty. Pittsburgh gets the quarterback of the future, whereas previously I did have them go offensive line, grabbing Tyler Linderbaum, but that's an interesting name as we continue on through this mock. But in this context, I got Pittsburgh jumping up, grabbing Malik Willis right out in front of the New Orleans Saints. So once again, Pittsburgh gets 15, Philly gets 20, 84, and a fourth next year. Pittsburgh drafts Malik Willis 15th overall. The 16th pick belonging to the New Orleans Saints by virtue of the Philadelphia Eagles, by virtue of the Indianapolis Colts, I believe was the lineage of this pick. So the Saints, look, they got done dirty here. They had somebody jump up right in front of them to take the quarterback that I had them taking in Mach 1.0. So, failing that, they're going to let the quarterback position slide for a little bit, and at pick number 16, I've got the Saints grabbing Jamison Williams. Now, in Mach 1.0, I have Jamison Williams going 19th overall to the Saints, but look, if they're not going to get Malik Willis in this spot, they might as well grab the wide receiver they really want. That's going to be Jamison Williams. Saints take him, wide receiver from Alabama, at number 16. At 17 overall, we've got the Los Angeles Chargers and uh, no change for them from Mock Draft 1.0 to 2.0. It's still Andrew Booth, cornerback from Clemson. I'm willing to hear arguments about offensive tackle. I'm willing to hear an argument about Trevor Penning if you want to take him in this spot. But I think beefing up that secondary with all those great quarterbacks in that division now has to be priority number one. Andrew Booth from Clemson goes to the Chargers at 17. Now we got the Eagles back up at 18, and I had them uh, addressing the secondary in Mach 1.0. I had them taking Trent McDuffie, a corner from Washington. However, 
what we're going to do here is we're going to do something a little bit different because the need at linebacker has been creeping higher and higher and higher. And in on my board, Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah, does sit higher than Trent McDuffie. So where that need is kind of crawling up a little bit, I'm going to have them address that need at linebacker. Devin Lloyd from Utah going to Philadelphia at 18 overall. So that is a little bit of a change from 1.0. Now you've got the New Orleans Saints back up at 19. I very desperately wanted to try to trade this pick down. I just really didn't find the adequate trading partner to do so. I thought about Dallas. I thought about Tennessee. I thought about Tampa. But really most of their needs for this particular position group come at a different spot. So it just wasn't, just the right trade was not there for the New Orleans Saints. So now the question is, at 19 overall, do you reach for a quarterback? Because quite frankly, if you're not going to get Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, taking a quarterback at 19 is a reach. I'm sorry, it is no disrespect to any of those other guys. It's a reach. The New Orleans Saints will not take a quarterback in 2.0. We're going to have them focus on the offensive line. They have a desperate need to replace their starting left tackle, and they're going to try to do that with Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. So this is a change for the New Orleans Saints. They grab that outside lineman. Instead of the quarterback, they can slip into the second round and see if they can snag one of those quarterbacks. But look, again, if it's not Kenny Pickett and it's not Malik Willis taking a quarterback this early in the first round, it's a mistake. And it's not a mistake I'm going to make the Saints make. And closing out this block will be pick number 20, which is the Philadelphia Eagles by virtue of that fourth trade that we talked about with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Philadelphia, again, moving down from 15 to 20. And at that spot, now they're going to take Trent McDuffie corner from Washington. I think they can pretty safely do that, knowing that even if they did lose out, like they're going to lose out on a cornerback. They got to figure with the Los Angeles Chargers, but they can very safely make that trade down and still be able to address the position that they need. They're still going to get the exact same player. In fact, Trent McDuffie, corner from Washington, goes to the Eagles at 20 overall. We go, we flew through that second block here and we are down to our final 12 picks of Mock Draft 2.0. Before we do that and before we run our second ad break, I want to take a second to shout out my other great friends, which is the folks at the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Now, the Dynasty Trade Calculator is one of the absolute best resources online if you are like me and you're deeply investing yourself in long-term Dynasty Keeper Fantasy Football. This Look, this is what these mock drafts and things like this are all about, establishing the next superstars for the next five years, the next 10 years and beyond. That's exactly what Dynasty Fantasy Football is, baby. And the Dynasty Trade Calculator, one of the absolute best resources available to you, no matter how your Dynasty League is configured. You've got trade analysis, rankings, podcasts, a bunch of great experts, a bunch of great opinion. You can find my referral link to the Dynasty Trade Calculator in the description to the YouTube video below. Make sure you click on that and for as little as $3, you too can gain access to the Dynasty Trade Calculator. 
Here comes ad break number two, and we will be right back. Down the stretch, we come here on Mock Draft 2.0, picks number 21 all the way down through 32 to end the first round. Pick number 21 belongs to the New England Patriots. Now, I think their priorities have shifted a little bit throughout the offseason. I had them grabbing Devin Lloyd uh, from Utah in Mock Draft 1.0. Of course, Devin Lloyd is no longer available on the board. However, what has become a bit more of a pressing need now for the New England Patriots is at wide receiver. And I think they're in a great spot here to grab a wide receiver prospect. I'm going to have them grab Drake London, wide receiver from USC. He went a couple of picks later than this in Mock Draft 1.0 and really flip a coin between Drake London and Chris Olave. Like, I think they're the two best wide receivers left on this whole board. So flip a coin between them. Like if you want a wide receiver and they're both still on the board, you're going to get a featureable number one outside wide receiver entering probably year three. So you're going to get a great wide receiver prospect one way or the other. I'm going to have the Patriots flip that coin and grab Drake London 21st overall, which is a departure from 1.0. Up at 22, we have my Green Bay Packers by virtue of the Devontae Adams trade with the Las Vegas Raiders. We know they're going wide receiver here in this spot. If they don't, so many tables are going to get flipped. So many tables in Packer Nation are going to get flipped if they don't go wide receiver in this spot. I had them go Chris Olave in 1.0. He's still available here. Why mess with a good thing? We're going to have him grab Olave, wide receiver from Ohio State, at number 22 overall. Still remains probably the best pure route runner at wide receiver in this draft class. We got the Arizona Cardinals up next at 23, and while their priorities have somewhat shifted since 1.0, I'm going to have them stick with the exact same prospect. I'm going to have them go Kair Elam, cornerback from Florida. I think corner is the most pressing need. You could grab the interior of the O-line here. You could grab the interior of the D-line here, but I don't think the prospects that are available in those spots are as good as Kair Elam. So we're going to have them stick with Kair Elam, cornerback from Florida at 23 overall. Dallas comes up next to 24, and in Mock Draft 1.0, I had them go with Drake London, wide receiver from USC. Obviously, he is not on the board, and neither is Chris Olave. There is still a wide receiver prospect in Traylon Burks available for Dallas. However, I think wide receiver has kind of become a secondary need for the Cowboys since I did 1.0. I'm going to have them focus instead on the interior of their offensive line, give Dak Press got more opportunities to find the weapons that he already has and the ones that they're going to be able to find later on in the draft. I've got Dallas grabbing Kenyon Green, interior offensive lineman from Texas A&M. Again, you can put him, you can try him out at center. I think he's a natural guard in the NFL. So I really like the spot there. Again, Texas guy going to Texas A&M. Dallas grabs Kenyon Green. Buffalo Bills are up next to 25. I see them with two primary needs, that being in the interior of the defensive line, which is the way I had them go in 1.0, grabbing Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. He is still available in this mock. The other need they have is wide receiver, and I think maybe seeing the New England Patriots grab an impact wide receiver and seeing Miami go out and get Tyreek Hill. I think that's going to scare them a little bit. They kind of know they're still in an arms race here in the AFC East. And then especially if the Jets then go out 
and bring in a guy like Debo Samuel. That's a possibility. We also have the Jets at 10 overall taking Garrett Wilson. So we're going to have Buffalo grab a wide receiver here in order to keep up in the arms race in the AFC East. They're going to grab Traylon Burks, who I just mentioned, wide receiver out of Arkansas at number 25 overall. This is obviously a departure from 1.0. The Tennessee Titans are up at number 26 uh, in 1.0. I had them go with N'Kobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia. I think linebacker, again, kind of the same story here. Even when I took it in 1.0, I kind of I think I even acknowledged that it's a secondary need for them. And I think they're actually going to be able to address a more primary need in the first round here in 2.0 without even having to move. I think the priority comes on the offensive line, but it's on the interior and there is a perfect spot for Zion Johnson interior offensive lineman from Boston College. I think he lands with the Tennessee Titans. He feels like a Mike Vrabel guy to me. I think he fits their need. I think that continues to extend this window of Derrick Henry being a force of nature in the NFL. Get him some more help up front. So Zion Johnson from Boston College goes to the Tennessee Titans. So obviously, like Buffalo and Dallas ahead of them, this is a departure from 1.0. The Tampa Bay Bucks are up here at number 27, and they're in kind of an interesting spot because I think one of the Bucks' primary needs is the interior of the offensive line. And there is one player who I think is a slam dunk consensus guaranteed first round pick who is an interior offensive lineman who has not been called yet, and that is Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. However, I'm not going to have Tampa go with him. And the reason being, Tyler Linderbaum is basically a hard and fast center. I don't think you're going to find him finding success at guard at the NFL level. And I think that's what Tampa is more in need of, is someone that is going to be able to slide over and play guard. I don't know that Tyler Linderbaum is that guy. So I'm going to have the Bucks forego the interior of the offensive line, which is what I had them do in 1.0, taking Kenyon Green. Obviously, he's no longer on the board. They're going to now move to the interior of the defensive line. If you can't beat them, join them. Devontae Wyatt from Georgia slid down this draft board just a couple of spots. I had Buffalo take him in 1.0, like I mentioned. Interior of the D-line is the Bucks' other big need, so he's going to slide right into their laps at 27 here. That's where Tampa is going to go. The Green Bay Packers are up next at number 28, their second pick of the first round. Obviously, they grabbed Olave at 22 to handle the wide receiver need. They could go O-tackle here, but that's, boy, the O-tackles that are left really feel like second round picks. They really do not feel like a player that you should be reaching for in the first round. That is their other primary area of need. They could grab somebody on the defensive line, but that's also a secondary need. And I don't necessarily know that the right player is there for them. Maybe if um, David Ojabo hadn't gotten hurt, then maybe that player might be there. So what's going to happen 
Ding, 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 ding. Our final mock trade of this first round mock 2.0 involves the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets. What a first round for the New York Jets we've got going on today. The Jets are going to trade into the first round. The Packers are going to trade back out of the first round. So Green Bay is going to send number 28 overall to the New York Jets, and that trade is going to be exchanged for 35, 111, and a fourth round pick in 2023. This is a trade that the Packers virtually can't lose no matter what that fourth round pick winds up being in 2023. Even if the Jets win the Super Bowl or it's only a compensatory pick or what have you, that fourth round pick it is still going to provide enough value along with number 111 that it's going to be worth it here for the Packers without an obvious pick that's not a reach to trade back into the second round to be able to better target their areas of need. So once again, Packers trade 28 to the New York Jets for 35, 111, and a fourth round pick in 2023. That puts the New York Jets back on the clock for the third time in this first round. And I'm going to have them grab the one area of their primary areas of need that they did not address with their first two picks. And that's at linebacker. Nicobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia, has been sliding down our draft board. You may remember I took him at 26 for Tennessee. So he slid down a little, just a couple of spots. But the Jets are going to jump up and grab Nicobe Dean from Georgia at 28 overall. Three first round picks for the New York Jets. Gonna try to save you some time here with picks number 29 and 30, just like in 1.0. The Kansas City Chiefs own both of these picks. The first one, of course, from the Tyreek Hill trade, the second one being the Chiefs' natural first round pick. I do not have them moving either one of these picks, and I'm gonna stick with exactly what I did in 1.0. For pick number 29, I got the Kansas City Chiefs grabbing Jahan Dotson, wide receiver from Penn State. I think he's the best wide receiver left on the board. And at pick number 30, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs grabbing Roger McCreary, cornerback from Auburn. I think he's the best DB left on the board with the exception of maybe Dax Hill, but I just didn't have the Chiefs addressing safety with this pick. I had him go corner. Maybe they might look at Dax Hill in the second round. But Dotson at 29, McCreary at 30, that's how I have those two picks for the Chiefs. Only two picks remain here in the first round, number 31 to the Cincinnati Bengals and number 32 to the Detroit Lions by virtue of the Matt Stafford trade. So Cincinnati up here at 31, the interior of their offensive line. I mean, anybody on the offensive line, I think, is a big area of concern for Cincinnati. Now, this is a departure because I did have the Bengals grab Zion Johnson, uh, interior O-lineman from Boston College, last time. Obviously, he's not on the board anymore. He went 26 to Tennessee. Tyler Linderbaum has slid all the way down in Mach 2.0. I had him go 20th to Pittsburgh in 1.0. He slid all the way down here, almost out of the first round entirely. But here's why I love Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa to go to the Cincinnati Bengals. So Cincinnati just signed Ted Karras basically to be their starting center. However, 
If you draft Tyler Linderbaum, who, as I mentioned before, is essentially a hard and fast center. I don't think you can move him easily over to guard. You can move Ted Karras to guard. You can move him anywhere along the interior of that O-line. So you grab Tyler Linderbaum to be your day one, week one starting center, which is what I believe he is right out of the gate. And then you're going to be able to move a guy like Ted Karras to either left guard or right guard, wherever your biggest spot of need is. All of a sudden, this Bengals offensive line, which has been invested in both in free agency and will be in the draft, all of a sudden, this is not necessarily an area of weakness, certainly not to the level that it has been over the last few years. It makes Joe Mixon more dangerous. It makes Joe Burrow more dangerous. It makes that whole offense more dangerous. So to the Bengals' good fortune, Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa slides all the way down to them at number 31. How fortuitous for the Super Bowl um, appearing Cincinnati Bengals. And we're going to go out with a whimper here because at pick number 32, no change as far as I'm concerned. The Detroit Lions are going to grab Desmond Ritter, quarterback from Cincinnati, at number 32. This was the same as it was in Mock Draft 1.0. I feel pretty good about the fit there, Desmond Ritter, to Detroit. I really want to see what he's going to be able to do with a guy like TJ Hawkinson, who is already kind of ascending in the NFL. I think he takes a massive step forward with a guy like Desmond Ritter, being able to develop with a guy like Desmond Ritter. So in a couple of years, boy, watch out, because that's going to be a heck of a combination. So there we have it, folks. There's Mock Draft 2.0. Obviously, we had some changes from 1.0. Obviously, we had some trades that were not available to us in 1.0. What did you think of Mock Draft 2.0? Let me know in the comments section below. Light me on fire for those trades if you absolutely hate them. Let me know everything that you think. Geo, I'm looking at you. I can't wait to hear your response to this stuff. That's it for me. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. Special shout out, of course, to the Dynasty Trade Calculator as well. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. The draft is coming up very shortly. Ooh, we might be able to get Mock Draft 3.0 in or 2.1 or something. We'll have to see.